Welcome back to the Every Effort Podcast. I have my co-host Matthew with me and I am Jocelyn. We also go by Matt and Joss. We are so blessed, a little stressed, and making every effort to figure out the rest. We are a Christian couple and a Christian podcast, but we're not preachy. At least that is not our goal. Um, we're figuring things out as much as the table we're podcasting on because this is a little bit wobbly right now. <laughs> but we're here for you. We have new episodes every Tuesday. And if you're watching on the video, you'll see that we have this nice new setup. We got a little neon light thrown in here and we're just working to make it a more fun, comfortable experience. So if you're listening to the audio, definitely check out the YouTube video at Every Effort Podcast so you can see the new little setup we've put together. Yeah, if you're a legit and true listener, one of our OGs, you will notice the audio quality has gotten better because we have moved to better electronic connections. We've become like electronic <laughs> experts very fast. We've done yes. way too much research on cameras and mixers and cords and these little soundproof panels we have. We've like, it's been kind of fun diving into a whole new little area. We learn a lot of stuff. It, it does get stressful, but we are aware <laughs> also of the blessings that have come with this. Uh, one of them being building a great community of people. Um, and also just hearing about the ways that it's just helped people grow in their faith and have their questions answered about some interesting topics that we talk about. And today is especially interesting. I want to go straight into it right away, but we do have a new segment called the happy news of the day. Yeah, this is a bit more of a heavy topic today. So we'll, we'll start it out on a bright note with some good news. Um, I don't know if you all remember, but I remember a while ago there was a company online who started selling these little bracelets called Four Ocean. They were just little blue bracelets, and the idea was that every bracelet you buy, they take a pound or some amount of trash out of the ocean. Mm -hmm. And they just hit 30 million pounds taken out of the ocean, which is an amazing feat. Like, that makes me really happy, and then is also really hard because, oh my goodness, there were 30 million pounds of plastic in the ocean, and there's definitely more. Wow, yeah. so that's amazing. Yeah, so people are really trying to do good out there. Like, I feel like the news is always doom and gloom and these hard stories that we'll talk about later, but there are people who are really making positive change out there, too. That's a pretty fitting topic, considering the topic for today, which is talking about the ocean and what has mm-hmm. happened in the ocean recently, and also the company called Ocean Gate. Well, there are good things happening in the ocean as well, so that's a good reminder. Well, I did not even make that. I found this segment. Oh, I, I did you not did even that on purpose. I was like, wow, Matt is so on point. He's matching stuff together. <laughs> I have some good news to share as well, Ooh. and that is that Matt cut my hair recently. Ooh, a good, I'm glad a it's good, good trip. news. Yeah, it's yeah. good news. Well, it was more like he was about to cut, and I was like, maybe a little bit less, a little bit less. Let's let's do small steps here. I, I want to still have hair at the end of this. <laughs> but it's good news because it saves me 50 bucks mm-hmm. over, you know, per haircut, which is ridiculous for a haircut. I remember being a kid and it was like $15, $20. But I'm very happy about that because I only ever want trims and it makes it easy for me and cheaper for me. But we'll see how it goes next time. So far, five stars will update in the future. Yeah, might be a new side business. Watch out. So OceanGate, this is uh, a big thing on the news. Most people have heard of it. It's okay if you haven't. You've probably saved yourself a couple of uh, stressful signals in your body. 
uh, by not hearing about it. We're not here to bring bad news. We're here to talk about how we have processed this tragedy. Um, and it really was a, a tragedy. And um, so many other topics came along with it on the media, on social media. And so we just wanted to talk about how we've kind of gone through and thought about all these topics. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations about it. We've been pretty up to date about it as well because it was such an interesting thing that happened. Um, probably more up to date than we needed to be. And we'll actually share later in this episode about why we do something and have started something such as a happy news of the day or really of the week because we're a weekly podcast. But why is that important? Because Matt and I personally don't watch the news. We don't have a news channel. We don't have a news website that we go to. And there's a reason behind that. And I think this is a great episode to go into detail about that as well. Um, but yeah, the Ocean Gate, submarine, tragedy, yeah. submersible. Yeah, so if you've been out of the loop, uh, just a quick little recap without going too much into all the details. There is a company called OceanGate that was offering super high-priced like adventure tours where they take you down in a submersible to see the wreckage of the Titanic, which sounds really, really cool. Also, a little bit dangerous because like commercial submarine use isn't something that's very normal. Like this is mm-hmm. um, a very individually created thing. It's one of one. There aren't like a ton of tests that are done on a submarine like this. And unfortunately, a group of uh, the CEO of OceanGate, a notable, I think, oil and gas billionaire and a bunch of other like very high level people went down in this submarine and they lost contact with the submarine. They had no communication, they had no GPS, and so the news was showing this constant clock of how much air was left in the submarine because the submarine needs to be opened from the outside. They can't open it from the inside. So there was this like ticker every day, like they have 24 hours of air left, they have 12 hours of air left, and we don't know who's there, and it's hard to reach the submarine because they're so deep that there aren't many other crafts that can go down there. And it was just this doom and gloom story of like, basically counting down to people's and what ended up being their death. And it was just sad and shocking. Um, What ended up happening, it seems like, is that the submarine imploded at some point due to like a a integrity failure of the shell. But it was was just this whole story where for days the news was just covered with submarine experts and people talking about it. And it was really all that was covered for several days. Yeah, it was the only thing that it seemed to be thrown into your face. There was like... I mean, there were days where like my feed would on social media would just be like different influencers and Mm -hmm. people who are just on social media are they somehow like use this whole topic of this submarine tragedy and they they relate it to like fashion or like makeup to make content. Right. And so that is another topic that we can talk about in this episode is, you know, what do you do in the midst of tragedy? To what extent is it appropriate to joke about it or make memes about it? Um, And then also the fact that, you know, it was, there were billionaires in that submersible, like, what does this story say about the rich and like the privilege Mm -hmm. that they have? Like, were they rescued because they were rich? Um, And who's going to pay for that rescue the search, you know, um, and a bunch of other things. Like, what do you do when someone is suffering when you know, like this huge thing is happening? Like, how do you react to that? And then of course, uh, a lot of the, 
the biggest reason for the tragedy was technical failure. And so the topics of, you know, how much care and review do you need to have before you do something as big as exploring the deep ocean commercially? Um, this the the CEO who was on the submarine was essentially, you know, the Elon Musk of submarines. He was, you know, trying to do a piece of technology quickly, stuff that maybe hadn't been done before, like combining materials that shouldn't have been combined together and attached to each other. And it's just, it's this idea of like, you know, how much pushing, you know, the forefront of technology is too much when it, when it, you know, comes to the safety of, of a person. Right. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons that came out of this for me was how precious our life is. And even though we see this huge divide between um, working class people criticizing billionaires and billionaires calling working class people lazy. Like there's all these debates and people think that this person's life is so much better, so much easier, but like our life is very precious and can be taken from us at any moment, regardless of our wealth or our status, our religious beliefs. Like we are all humans living a very delicate balance on this earth where our life could be taken from us at any minute. I'm, I'm sure, you know, in a submarine like this, you expect a little bit more danger but you know there's that old trope like danger could be anywhere you could mm-hmm. cross the street and get hit by a car like it truly shows us how precious life is regardless of who it is and i think that personal touch is the biggest thing that we can hold on to in a moment like this and you know we will talk a little bit about all the jokes and the memes that came out but at the end of the day like these are four or five people's lives who were ended in very tragic, very public fashion. Their families had to see this and had to be questioned and interviewed. And it just, you know, I think the fame brings it up and now people will recognize them in the street and ask them about it. Like it's just so much pain playing out on a very public stage. And I think that should be our first focus is the people, right? Right. There's the event and we'll get into how affected everyone else is by this, but the people who are closest and dearest to this are the ones who are most affected and that I think we should put first. That is, that's true. A lot of times when something bad happens or even something good happens in the world, right? We focus so much in on the central figures of the event and we don't think about the other parties that are involved. So people will say things and do things that are not respectful to the second or third parties related to that core figure. So we always have to keep that in mind, right? Especially on social media, how much respect are we giving to people? Like what if, you know, the, the someone's a mom or, or children saw what you wrote or what someone else wrote on social media? Like how would they feel seeing right. that, um, especially in light of someone's passing, right? That it should be an even more sensitive topic when a person passes away. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that just because you weren't personally in the submarine that you weren't affected. Like, this was a really emotional time for a lot of people. And, I mean, we've talked to friends who were, like, distraught and crying over this issue because it feels so personal. And I just want to take a second to, like, validate those feelings. Um, I found a really interesting study that was done by my alma mater. So, quick shout-out to UCI. But they were doing a study of mental health during the time of the Boston Marathon bombing. And when that happened, they said, oh my goodness, we have access to all this mental health information. We should see how this bombing affected that. And so not shocking that everyone who knew someone or was personally at the marathon bombing was deeply affected emotionally. They had 
significant mental health challenges, they struggled with anxiety and depression, but who struggled even more than the people who were personally involved were people who watched more than six hours of news about it. They mm. were worse off mentally than the people who knew someone there. Wow. Like consuming this level of news deeply affects us. It makes it personal. It, it absorbs this negativity into us. So you're not crazy for feeling personally affected by something that you are, in a very physical sense, disconnected from. Yeah. Also, the news isn't really painting the full picture. Like they focus on very specific parts because that's what draws attention to the news. And that's a really sad thing when you think about it, that right. they, the news use the bad things in the world in order to draw attention to their channel. And that is their goal ultimately. And if it means delivering things that are going to make your, your mind less healthy, they will do that. And that's something to be mindful of with the news. Again, the reason why Matt and I don't watch the news, we don't feel good about it, but we do like good news in the world, right? We know that bad things happen, but what we don't know are when the good things happen because that's not necessarily what draws attention to your brain. Yeah, and I think that just that this is part of our universe now goes to show how big of an event this was because yeah. we don't watch news and we saw this everywhere and it affected everyone. And, mm -hmm. you know, to talk a little bit about how we personally process this, I can remember sitting side by side with Jocelyn. We both work from home and we're getting updates and people are texting us and we're reading articles and seeing this, you know, this new analysis of how long the submarine has or why there wasn't a certification on this one aspect, like real in real time, we were watching this thing play out and it would affect our moods like very right. personally, like it affected our day, our mental health. It was hard to just be excited about other things because there was this thing that felt like it was hanging over our heads, even though we have no idea who these people are. We've never been on a submarine or known any of these families individually, but just how like raw it was portrayed and how, you know, the news really does take all those really, really negative aspects and throws it to the forefront. So it was it was a really confusing time, I would say. And it took a lot to kind of go through these things almost like we were mourning our own loss. Like, yeah. how do we see someone suffering? How do we respond to that? How do you support someone that you've never even met? Like, what is the right way? And and it was kind of a almost a learning experience because it felt like we were practicing mourning our own loss. Right. What were your views on the memes or the jokes that were all over social media about this? Yeah, I don't think posting memes and making jokes about a traumatic event is like an evil thing. Right, I it's think like it's coping. Yeah, I think it's a, a natural response. I think you see mm -hmm. something so overwhelming and so hurtful that your healing and your way to bring yourself joy is to make someone laugh. Like I can totally see that response. Mm -hmm. And I can also say, I don't think it's the right response because that CEO that you're joking about has a daughter, has a son, has a wife, has a husband. Like those people see these things online and can be deeply personally affected. So I think if it's personally attacking someone, then I, I think it's totally wrong. I can totally understand where it comes from, but I think anything that um, really criticizes someone in a personal way or like unduly goes after someone who's actively suffering, I think is inappropriate. Like I think there is a time for reflection and for judgment after something like this happens. But I think in real time, like before the dust has even settled to throw accusations or criticisms is just too early and too soon. Yeah. At the same time, it is, it is a coping mechanism for people. Like right. it, the reason why 
you can say it works is because it lessens the tension that everyone is already feeling and it just helps people get through the unknown, right? Like we don't know if these people are going to be found, if it's going to be a rescue or if it's going to be a recovery mission, but either way, it's like, it's just a way that people try to get through, you know, the difficulties. And it's kind of interesting because if things turned out positively and they were able to find these people still alive in that submersible, then the jokes would have been okay. But if they didn't, then it's like the jokes are totally inappropriate. And when it comes to a line like that, where you don't know the outcome, it's like, well, maybe we shouldn't be posting and joking about this if it's such a tragedy. Yeah, I I think there's ways to joke about the common experience. Like if someone made a joke that like, Leonardo DiCaprio is going to emerge from the Titanic and save them or like something silly like that about this experience that we're watching and making some connection. I think that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. But when I think it was like specifically levied against, oh, look at this billionaire. How could he do this? Like all the money in the world can't afford safety or whatever. Like I think going after the people personally, I think is where it's inappropriate. But I think like lighthearted jokes about this experience and about all of us watching this and just the craziness that there's people trapped in a submarine somewhere under the ocean. Like, I think that's totally fine coping. But I think it's when we use this event to go after someone that we're against politically or socially or economically, I think that's when it gets very inappropriate. So I guess it just, it comes down to the heart of it, right? Like, it is natural for people to want to joke about terrible things that happen in life. Dark humor, right? Uh, But if you're doing it out of spite or out of anger or hatred, then don't do it. Like, don't even, don't even consider it. Don't think about doing it. Um, because, uh, I, I heard Jordan Peterson say something like the reason that things are funny is because they're on the cusp of truth, that there hmm. is some truth behind it. Right. And as Christians, we are truth seekers and sometimes, yeah, dark humor is going to help us get through some of the bad times. Uh, but it's about, the posture of the heart of, am I angry at this person? Is that why I'm trying to make this joke? Or am I just trying to say something that everyone could all subtly be thinking and help lighten the mood a bit? Because lightening the mood is not in itself a bad thing, but it's what your your deep intentions are, what the goal is of making fun of someone else or situation is. Another thing I think we don't really acknowledge in real time is that we're witnessing history happen. Like what we just went through with the COVID-19 pandemic, that will be reflected in history books, just like we learned about the Spanish flu and about all these things. And these are really big, like life-changing moments. And so I think it brings up the question, I'd be curious to hear what you think, Jocelyn, is how do we help or what is the right reaction to seeing people suffering like this? Yeah. If we know someone else is suffering, like... I think, first of all, I think why there was so much coverage with the Ocean Gate um, news is because people didn't know what the outcome was. We didn't know if they were suffering. We didn't know if if they knew like the the condition that they were they were in. Um, so when we know that someone else is suffering, though, we should have compassion. And in that case, joking should not be an option, right? Like we need to do something about it if we knew that they were, they were hurting. And so what are some of the things that we can do? I think two things come to mind for me. I think the first response to anything like this is prayer, right? Praying for safety, praying for comfort. 
And then the other thing that comes to mind for me is this idea of mourning. And I don't think mourning mm -hmm. has to mean, you know, tearing our cloths and putting ash on our head, mm -hmm. like as if someone in your life was lost. But I think it can be kind of that godly way of seeing someone else's heart hurt and have your heart hurt for them. Mm -hmm. Like to say, I see the pain, I see the suffering of them, I you know, in empathy and in compassion, feel that pain with you. And the verse that comes to mind for me was Matthew uh, 5, 4, which says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And I just think that act of not, not bringing yourself into suffering and trying to bring down your own mental health, but saying, I see these people suffering and I identify with them. I, um, I can have empathy with them. I can have compassion on them. And combining that with praying, I, I think, is really our strongest response. Yeah, I think having trying to put yourself in a place where um, you could just have compassion for the person. Uh, try to try to feel that for yourself. Um, how would how would I feel in their situation, and what would I want from a God in that situation? And praying that on that person. So another big topic that was talked about with this submersible tragedy was um, a lot of discussion about the rich mm -hmm. and what kind of privilege that they have, um, especially when it comes to news coverage, because later on we found out there were a lot of other big things happening on in the world that didn't get to get covered uh, because of this big thing that happened and at the same time it's like well it's not cheap to go look for somebody in the deep ocean how is that getting paid for what is what is the way that we should approach all these thoughts yeah and i get why it makes bigger headlines when someone is rich but i also think there are events that just capture our like human attention and are suspenseful like i can remember um, there was the Malaysian air flight that disappeared, or there were um, a bunch of kids who were trapped in a mine. Like, there are just these events that grasp your attention because they're so dire and suspenseful. And so I think as humans, and the news companies recognize this, and this is why they play it up, they, they just hurt us, and we want to know what's happening every second so bad, mm -hmm. and we want more information. And so I don't think it has to do so much with the individuals, but I do think that there is more scrutiny placed on a rich individual who has something like this because there, right. there's jealousy, there's anger, there's these feelings in our country that um, money was obtained unfairly or that they hurt people to get where they are and so they deserve bad things that happen to them. And I think there's so many reasons politically and economically and religiously to be upset with people and to be angry, but I think it all comes back to that moment of understanding that this was a creation of God. Like this is something that God put on this earth. This is a person with feelings, with a family, with a purpose. And so I think we really need to have more compassion on them. And certainly during the suffering and during this time is the time for, like I mentioned, prayer and mourning. And I think those times of judging, did they take on too much risk? Like you said, is it fair that some government should have to pay for the recovery efforts? Like, I think those are all good conversations to have, but I think those need to play out after the tragedy is quote unquote over. Like, mm -hmm. I think after we know all the facts and it settles, then we can have those bigger picture conversations and do a little bit, you know, not judging, but evaluating what happened and right. saying, should we have accepted this? Is this okay? What should we do in the future? Like, I think those are good things to work through. But I think trying to go through those things as we're wondering if they're alive, seeing them suffering, I, I don't think it's the right time for that. Yeah, I think it's irrelevant that they were 
rich if it comes down to, you know, life or death situation. We need to have a little bit of empathy for anybody going through a hard time because mm-hmm. everyone should know bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to bad people. Good things happen to good people, right? So we don't know where people are going to end up when they die. We don't know if they're Christian. We don't know if they're evil. We don't know anything. Uh, so we can't really say that because they are rich, they are this specific type of person. Now, I'm not defending the CEO. I I personally do believe that he did some not so ethical practices in the development of his product and company, uh, probably cut some corners from, from what I could tell. Uh, but it's, it's like at the same time, you know, these people also did sign a contract and were aware of the risk. Of course, there's going to be lawsuits about that and whether or not it was all reasonable. Uh, but I, I think he really was willing to, to take a big risk for himself and unfortunately, it didn't work out. And he's human as much as we are. We can't judge him for being smart or having money or whatever it was. I think that's irrelevant when it comes to a person that is suffering. Uh, I think we would want that for ourselves, too, if we were in that situation is the empathy of people. There is a verse that comes to mind about what to think about, the good things to think about in light of especially a tragedy, tragedy like this one. Philippians 4.8 says, whatever's true, honorable, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence or anything worthy of praise to think about those things. And that is kind of what approach that we wanted to have going into this topic was, what can we learn from society about it? What can we learn how about how to improve ourselves in these kind of situations when we hear about them, um, not to cast judgment on someone else or their decisions, but to just be more relatable to people and to just take that step to meet them where they could be. Um, and so that that was the goal of this episode and to also consider what you're consuming and whether it's putting good thoughts or bad thoughts in your mind. Um, it's okay to hear about bad things that happen. You don't have to put hands over your head uh, to not hear them, but it's about the processing afterwards that is important. What are you going to do with that information? Are you going to try to see truth through it and see how God can work through it? That is what we encourage you guys to do. I think it's very hard for us as humans, especially as self-centered and broken as we are, is to really genuinely care for someone. And I think it's really easy in the Bible to read about what it's like to care for someone and to see how God cares for us. But it's really difficult to actually put that into practice, especially in a situation like this. So one conversation we had was in episode 51, where we actually talk about how to practically care for someone. Like, what does that really look like on a step-by-step level? So if you'd like to hear more of that conversation, please tune into episode 51. And if you will, please subscribe to us on YouTube at Every Effort Podcast. We'll see you next week, and don't forget to check out episode 51.